chose a gay lifestyle, I would probably be very heartbroken. Are you looking for a relationship? I personally don't think that it's right to like seek out relationships. I feel like it will naturally, it will happen. naturally happen. My views on gay people haven't changed at all. I still think that God created man and woman for a reason. But Dustin's the type that you just love his heart and his personality and you forget. He's, it's easy to forget that he is gay. When a relationship comes, it will come. Yeah. I hope that I can definitely open some doors for Kale and so that she can begin to, you know, have a better understanding of who we are. I realize I haven't said this in a while, but welcome to Trash Content, where everything is trash and what I talk about will be irrelevant in a matter of days. Uh, welcome. Um, <clears throat> we have we have a lot to talk about today, for sure. Um, but we will we will start with um movie predictions, okay? Was my movie prediction correct? We did um a couple episodes ago. I went over different movies that were coming out in May. And I gave you an idea and a list of movies that I thought would be top tier just based on the trailer and the synopsis of the movies. Um, and the ones that I thought would probably suck. <clears throat> so this week, um, three different movies that um, were on my list came out. <clears throat> the first one that we're going to go over is On the Count on the count of three. Now, I said that this movie was going to be top tier. Um, my my guess was that it was going to do well critically and that the audience was also going to like it. Now, was my movie prediction right? The answer is yes, actually. I'm happy about this because my prediction, I think, for the previous episode was actually not good uh but this one i actually got right so the ratings um uh the movie got a 7.2 out of 10 imdb rating it um got an 83 percent Rotten tomato score and a 73 percent fandango uh score some of the reviews um Carmichael takes the unhappiness of these men seriously. That's the precise needle the movie threads. It finds comedy in two people at the very end of their ropes without turning their depression into the butt of the joke. Um, remember, so, on the count of, on the count of three was um, <clears throat> the movie that was um, a movie that was about two friends who um 
two friends who were both kind of uh, deciding to end their lives that day, uh, to end each other's lives that day. Um, and so the movie just kind of follows them the whole day um, and, and them, I guess, enjoying that day before they actually decide to, to go through with it. Um, so very interesting review. Um, one more review for this movie. Love this movie so much. Can't wait for the day I get to see it a second time. The chemistry between the two leads is amazing. This is a beautiful story about friendship. The script is smart and surprisingly funny. Carmichael has made an impressive directorial debut. So, sounds like um, I got this one correct. And I'm actually looking forward to to at some point seeing that movie. Um, the second one was senior year. Now, this was... Uh, I put this movie as bottom tier, classified it as that. And this movie, again, it's essentially this high schooler um, before the prom, I think. She ends up uh, in a coma and years go by and she wakes up and she is physically uh, an adult. Okay, she's she's an adult um, after years of being in a coma. She wakes up, obviously, with the mentality of still a teen. And she decides to go back to high school. And, of course, comedic things ensue. I said this movie was not going to do well. Um, at least critics were not going to view it favorable, favorably. And, um, well, uh, was I right? I think I am. Now, it got a 5.7 out of 10 on, on IMDb, a, a 43% on Metacritic, and a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I will say, it did get a 67% audience score. Um, so, you know, some of the audience saw, you know, viewed it more favorably than critics. I'm still going to take the win here. Um, and anyways, here are some reviews. First one, by the final act, its dialogue is so burdened by inspirational maxims about personal authenticity that it feels as though the script has been hijacked by yearbook quotes. And I don't know what that tells you other than like, you know, if you're planning to see a typical Netflix comedy then you know what you're getting is what you're getting um not saying that all netflix comedies are like that but at this point you know netflix is throwing a specific some specific types of movies that follow a certain formula i think this is one of them next review it happens to everybody you're young then you're old and between is kind of a blur did the in-between even happen? I don't know. We were there. Now we're here. That's all I know. Very interesting review. Very interesting review. I don't know what it... Um, you know, I think this review just sounds like what the movie's about. Um, and then I also feel like this review provides an insight into this person. 
Um, and I, you know, maybe they're kind of going through this similar change in time. Don't know what's going on with that person. And then lastly, well, the last movie came out this week was Family Camp. And this movie I also put as a, as a bottom tier movie. And the reason is because I felt like this movie was going to be a Christian movie. And most of the time, Christian movies are not good. Not I'm not saying they're not good because they are Christian films. I'm sure there are Christian films that are pretty pretty okay and good and, you know, not deemed unwatchable. However, most Christian films are just not good films, period. And uh, so my, my prediction was that it wasn't going to be good. I don't know if I can take the win here with this movie. And the reason is because um, there was no critic score. Or, you know, there's no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't really find. Um, I don't think I found critic scores. Um, what I ended up getting was audience scores. Right, like an IMDb score for the most part. I, w- I would consider it to be an audience score because... I am just under the assumption that if a movie is rated on on IMDb, then it's being rated by the users of IMDb, and usually those are people who like seek out um, certain movies. So the person who rated Family Camp on IMDb are the people are people who were seeking out this movie specifically. Right. So, anyways, so um, no critic Rotten Tomatoes scores. It did have an eighty-five percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It had a seven point nine out of ten on IMDb. And the reviews, the reviews are good. Um, again, the reviews are coming for people from people who specifically chose to seek this movie out right that's what i'm saying i have not seen a review or rating from a person who is not interested in christian film anyways so one of the reviews says this is a great movie and it's truly family friendly some so-called family friendly aren't very family friendly unfortunately your kids will love this movie as well as the adults great job and hoping you do lots more of these some so-called family friendly aren't very family friendly unfortunately hmm it's very interesting like the choice of words here this is a great movie and is truly family friendly. Huh. Some so-called family friendly aren't very family friendly. 
unfortunately, your kids will love, all caps, this movie, as well as the adults. Hmm. Um, this review specifically is giving me this idea that this movie is amazing. So, so amazing that it's not only super family friendly, but it's also so fucking good that adults and kids will love it. <clears throat> Maybe I should... Maybe I should watch this movie and let you all know how good of a movie it is. You know, sort of like, I think I should watch it at some point and let you know if, if, I mean, this is such a, such a glowing review. I think I'm inclined to watch this movie and let you know. Let's get guys. This is another Another review. The Skit Guys, don't know who they are. The Skit Guys have answered faith-based movie lovers' prayers. This is easily the best Christian comedy made to date. With excellent production values, solid direction, and fantastic comedy chops from the cast. Family Camp is a winner. So not only is it truly the purest form of family-friendly content, but it's also... The funniest shit a Christian production could do. So I'm very interested. I'm interested in this realm called Christian comedy. Christian comedy. Alright. I'm in. I'm going to watch this movie at some point. We. I'm considering watching this movie. We'll watch this movie together. We'll have some... Uh, Maybe I'll do uh, some review of it myself. We will find out. We will find out. But anyways, those are the um, the movies for this week. Um, yeah, I've been sounding a little stuffy because, um, you know, I'm recording this in the morning. Um... I just, I kind of woke up and I'm having this issue where I'm waking up in the morning, like extremely early and it's because I'm so used to waking up pretty early in the mornings, um, like during the weekday or during the week and comes the weekend and my body's just accustomed to be waking up early that weekends come and I'm still waking up super early um and yeah in the mornings I have like the worst allergic reaction I'm just waking up with a stuffy nose and my throat's dry as hell sounds like I'm sick and it's just my allergies uh but it's the worst and anyways, all this all this to say, I guess I just decided to record this in the morning because um, I feel like I just have all this extra time because in my head, I would ideally, in an ideal world, I'll be waking up a little bit later 
on the weekends. And since that's not the case, I have all this extra time, I guess, to just lollygag. Another thing that I forgot to mention since starting back up the podcast is um, that my uh, my main microphone that I was using, the um, the really good one, I need to replace the um, USB cable that it came with, um, and so right now it's just not uh, functioning properly because the um, the cable itself is is messed up. So um, I can't really use that mic right now. I'm using um, another mic that I've had for a while. And it might sound a little bit, a bit different than, um, than what probably you've been, like the old stuff, different than the old stuff. Um, so anyways, um, we're done with the, we're done with our, uh, movie prediction segment. We have no, uh, your trash, touch some grass, uh, section today. No, no segment related to that we're going to go straight into the the content for today now the clips that you heard uh before the the intro music are clips from big brother season eight specifically a house guest there um who clearly does not like gay people um and anyways, you're probably wondering, okay, why Big Brother? Why season eight? I um I would say maybe like at this point about a month or so ago, I realized that I kinda wanted to dive into some reality shows. Um I didn't really want to do another Housewives. Um, just because I, I know that once you start Housewives, it's it's very much an investment, okay? You're deciding to invest in a particular group of women for more than just one year, but multiple years, right? So whenever you're starting Housewives, you have to think about, okay, do I want to like invest in this group? for more than, I don't know, for like, I don't know how many seasons they have, right? So you have to kind of do some of your research into like, whether you want to start it or not, right? Like, not necessarily, like, most of the time people don't know who the hell some of the people are, or some of the housewives are. Um, Like, before, before watching the, the, the show, Um, but, you know, so that's not even the type of research I'm talking about. I'm just talking about research where, um, you're, you're trying to see, okay, are people saying that these housewives are good as hell? You know, like the content that I'm going to get out of it is going to be good. Like there's going to be interesting dynamics, interesting altercations, disagreements, um, and I, and I'm, and am I going to be hooked for, you know, more than just one or two seasons? Um, that's what you're looking for. And I wanted a reality show 
but I, I didn't want to, um, <clears throat> I don't want to choose a reality show in which I'm staying with these people for a long time because uh, I just, I was looking for something else and um, I decided Big Brother because I kept hearing good things about Big Brother for a while, like people saying that it's a good reality show to start and it made it easier too and I realized that you know I you know I haven't had Netflix for a long time not of my own doing it just so happened that I was um I've always been a part of my parents' Netflix account and stuff and I've had it through them all my life since Netflix came out and at some point, so my parents aren't really, you know, we're far. We're not, we're, we don't live in the same state. And Netflix kept sending my mom emails about, there's, you know, someone that is not in your household, apparently. That's what they think. Um, watching Netflix. And it's me, but I'm like, I'm not living with them, obviously. So even though it's a family member, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the area. So I think at some point, like, you know, my parents had to tell me I couldn't really use it anymore because I think um, Netflix was starting to, like, crack down on some of the accounts and and actually try to enforce some of the the stuff. And obviously I wasn't going to. I was going to keep watching if it meant that my family was going to lose the account because it's not just me. I have younger siblings. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess I can't use Netflix anymore. And this was probably, um, I don't know how, how much time actually it's been. It's probably at this point, it'll probably be a year since I've had it. Um, is that true? Uh, it's very possible, actually, that it could be. Um, so, you know, and I'm I'm not really paying, <laughs> not really paying for Netflix. You know, once I once I just wasn't involved in my parents' plan, I just didn't feel like I was like I don't know if I need to get Netflix again. I already acquired HBO Max. Um, and I, and I truly, I did it just for, for a specific reason when I got HBO Max, but, you know, after that reason was done, I just, I've just kept HBO Max because they have really good shows there. Um, so I just kept it. And then I've always had Hulu for the most part. Um, and I've done like the bundle where Hulu, the Hulu bundle, it gives you, Hulu, and then you get ESPN, which I don't really watch, but, and you get Disney Plus, so I was like, you know, I have these things going on, I don't necessarily feel like I need to have Netflix, um, because Netflix has some other reality TV shows that are pretty good, and I was like, uh, why not Big Brother? Big Brother is on Paramount Plus, sure, but Paramount Plus is like five bucks a month. So I was like, you know, let's just do it. Whatever. So I've had it, and I just got hooked on Big Brother. And I started on season five. Why did I do that? 
because I went on Reddit and I was trying to see what 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 are the best seasons of Big Brother. And people obviously were naming different seasons. And there were some seasons that were um, in many people's lists. And so I chose, I chose to start on season five. I think the only season before season five that people were recommending was maybe season three. <clears throat> and that's it. And, but they were recommending a lot of like five and, you know, and down, like maybe five through, I don't know. There was like specific ones. So it seemed to me like, okay, around season, like around season five, it seems like people are starting to get more invested. It turns more interesting. And so I started on season five and now, um, I'm on season eight. I chose season eight because I was already kind of like, um, I was just on my way to starting it. And then I figured, okay, why not do like a, a podcast, um, some podcast podcast episodes that surround me watching this season and relaying the information back to you. And so that's kind of how it came about <laughs> the idea behind the episode. Um, so anyways, what is Big Brother? So Big Brother is an American reality competition show that's actually, I didn't know this, it's based on um, on a Dutch reality show of the same name uh but big big brother in the usa um that came out in 2000 (laughs) i'm watching things that are like from like 22 years ago or less so i mean we're talking about old things um so in this so in this reality show um a group of contestants which for the most part are known as house guests. They live together in a specially constructed house um, that is isolated from the outside world, and they compete for a cash prize of $500,000. The house guests are usually monitored during their stay in the house, and they're being... Uh, recorded by live TV cameras, as well as, um, like, like they have their own personal audio microphones. And throughout the course of the competition, the house guests are evic- evicted from the house by being voted out of the competition. Um, and so, so um, I don't know if it's every week. I, w- I would probably say every round. Um, there's, like, a competition that allows someone to become the head of household and then the head of household gets to nominate um two people up for eviction so after the the head of household competition um there's another competition uh in which players get to play for the power of veto um and this could include the eviction nominees so whoever wins the power of veto gets the chance to take a nominee off the eviction list. If this is used to save someone, then the head of household has to replace that nominee with another person. 
Sometimes the power of veto is won by a nominee, and usually that just means that they can use it to save themselves um, from eviction. And other times the power of veto isn't even used, um, even if someone won it. And people who typically choose to do this do it to keep the nominees the same. Um, after that competition, people have to then vote for who they want to evict. Um, other than those competitions, sometimes house guests uh, play together to win food for the house um, because they're usually either eating uh, PB&J or something that they introduced later, which was called um, slop. And slop is just kind of like this like beige looking, uh, like this be- beige looking a glob of food. I think it's supposed to give you or provide you with the essentials <laughs> or some form of nutrients, but it's not supposed to, I don't necessarily feel like it has any flavor. It's just like this beige-looking um, like glob of food for people to eat. And so there, there, um, there are times when guests guests are trying to play to win food for themselves or or for the for the house members together um so that they're not consuming some disgusting food so this is a big segue but i i while i was trying to um look up stuff on wikipedia as to how i can describe this show i saw that there were some controversy with big brother in general And so this is going to be somewhat of a segue, but Big Brother has been criticized for harassment, intimidation, and bullying, as well as violence in the house, obscene language, breach of integrity, and the physical and mental strain of appearing on the series. Several seasons have also been criticized for racism and discrimination, most notably season 15 and season 21. Um, That I didn't know. I didn't realize that there were specific seasons that had uh, intense racism and discrimination. Um, Apparently, too, on September 9th, 2018, Julie Chen's husband, uh, Les Moonves, resigned as president of CBS after a second wave of reports of sexual misconduct allegations against him. Now, Julie Chen is the host of the Big Brother show. Um, And so her husband in 2018 was for the second time, a second wave. Uh, The president of CBS, by the way, was was, uh, receiving reports of sexual misconduct allegations. Okay, on September 13th, Julie closed out that evening's episode of Big Brother by saying, from outside the Big Brother house, I'm Julie Chen Moonvies. Good night. She has never used, in the past, the last name, Moonvies, professionally. So many saw that move as Julie standing in solidarity with her husband. Following her resignation from the talk on September 18th, After eight years as co-host, there was speculation on whether Julie would continue as host of Big Brother. 
she did return to host the following year and has become increasingly spiritual and religious on and off the program in the wake of such revelations. Um, that's very interesting. I, I had no idea that this was a thing. And I'm looking forward to when I'm hitting uh, 2018. And Julie does that on one of the the episodes of Big Brother. I wonder what, like, I wonder what's going on with her right now. Is she still supporting her husband or standing by her husband after all, a second wave of all allegations? Or is she, you know, did she move on from that? She became increasingly spiritual and religious on and off the program during the revelations. I feel like there's some other can of worms. But anyways, I found the that controversy to be very interesting. Unrelated to the show and season eight, but thought it would be interesting to, to, to bring up. Um, so, Big Brother Season 8. Big Brother is known for having some, like, forms of twists in the show. In Season 5, they had a twist called, um, what was it? It, it was a proje- Project DNA, and it stood, it stood for Do Not Assume. And one of the, t- they, they had two different twists in that season, I think. Um, or actually, I think they... Wow, I don't remember now. Was it... Yeah, there were two different There were two different twists in that season. One of the twists was... Um, that there were two people in the house that were related to each other and they didn't know. They didn't know that they were related in any way. And it was two people who... Uh, were half siblings and they had no idea about it um which is very s- strange like it- it's strange but they-, they didn't really know um i guess you could determine how much you want to believe whether like how much they knew or not knew but for the premises of this they both didn't know and then they that same season they had um they they had two twins playing as as one person for a while, and so what they would do is, for a few days, uh, one of the twins would be playing, and then um, then they would switch, and then the other twin would play, um, and so they would have to like every single time it was time for them to switch, they would meet up, <clears throat> like they would meet up together and quickly catch each other up on what's going on in the house so that the person who, you know, is switching or, and going into the house knows what's going on and knows what decisions their sibling had made, etc. And the whole point was not to get caught for a certain amount of time. And they actually weren't. The, the house guests never found out that these were two twins playing as one. Um, and so that was another twist on in that season um the twist for for season eight was that some people would be staying in the house with someone that that they're not in good terms with um and so 
I think what ended up happening, it's just very strange because I don't really know the logistics of how the 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 production or how CBS, etc. finds out that these people have like people they don't talk to and then go out of their way to see if these people will come and do the show. Like, I don't know, like, the logistics behind all of that and also, like, the the authenticity behind whether some of, the, some of these people knew or not or, you know, et cetera. But anyway, so some people are staying in the house with someone they're not in good terms with. Um, the first is Dick and Danielle. Um, Dick and Danielle are... Uh, an estranged father and daughter. Um, Dick is a bar manager. Then Danielle is a waitress. Um, Dick's nickname is Evil Dick, by the way. <laughs> That's his nickname. Um, and I think Evil spelled like E-V-E-L. I think that's the nickname. I'm not sure. But, um, so estranged father and daughter... Uh, you find out that the 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 beef between them is that Dick let Danielle borrow some money, and she couldn't pay it back, and she claimed that she didn't she didn't like the way her dad handled the situation, so she stopped talking to him for two years. You get to see throughout the season that they both have they both have issues communicating with each other um and her dad can be an asshole for sure in the show um but but you get to see the dynamics um of like you know dick does care about daniela you know he cares about his daughter and i think he wanted to do the show to get closer to her i don't think she knew that he was gonna come into the show actually um but anyways he he wanted to become closer to her he he wanted to he he shows that he wants to try to be better um but you do get to see the dynamics of uh, when you know whenever they interact with each other um and you can tell that there's some like that they need some family counseling um which is something that and I think in one of the episodes after they had a an argument, um, after they'd cooled off a bit, uh, there's an episode where Dick goes and, and tells her that he, you know, after this is over, he's willing to do family counseling because, you know. But it was more of a, it was a heated disagreement for sure, but but it was also, um, I, you could just tell that they both were just miscommunicating heavily um uh so something unrelated to both of them but danielle uh (laughs) is involved with someone in the house um and, and that's nick now what i mean by that is that they start to kind of flirt and talk to each other and um they sort of start to like to like each other. So she struggles with the idea of hurting someone's feelings. Whether that's Nick or 
her boyfriend at home. Okay, so Danielle has a boyfriend at home. She's made that clear. Um, however, her and Nick do spend a lot of time together in the house. They flirt with each other. And um, Nick definitely shows that he likes her and he says that he likes her. Um, there are times where I think she goes back and forth between knowing whether he's playing her or not. And he's very sincere about him having feelings for her. But the woman has a boyfriend. Um, and she, there is, you know, there is a, there, it gets to a point where she struggles intensely with this, with these conflicting feelings. She's obviously having feelings for Nick while being, while being in a committed relationship with someone. Um, and I think they're supposed to get married. Um, and so that's kind of like her thing that happens mostly in the house, at least for these first few episodes that we're covering. The main thing is that she's struggling with these things. Just imagine being Danielle's boyfriend and seeing this at home. Like the show does um, show like a, like a tiny interview that they do with, with Danielle's boyfriend. And they ask him about like, you know, him seeing her flirt with Nick in the house and stuff like that. And he, his answers are very much like, you know, I'm just going off of trust. I'm going off of um, just, you know, what I know about Danielle. I'm, I'm going off of like conversations that we've had, etc. Um, But, you know, like a part of you, a part of you is kind of like, you know, I don't know. I feel like this guy is definitely having a hard time acknowledging and realizing that his girlfriend is like having some form of uh you know attraction to somebody else um so anyways that's sort of what's going on with her these in these episodes and when it comes to dick like her dad i mean at times i like him because he seems to genuinely care about danielle and being a good dad. And I like that he's very transparent. He doesn't really try to hide his feelings about people. He doesn't like, I guess, going behind people's backs. Or, or just, I think he doesn't like the idea of being fake. So so he's very much what you see is what you get. And he doesn't, if he doesn't like you, you're going to know he doesn't like you. He lets you know. He, that's not something he tries to hide. And so he, he doesn't really try to be fake. Um, and, but the downside of this is that even though, like, I like those attributes of him, the downside is that he can really be a jerk at times. Like, he, he can be, yeah, he can be just a jerk about things. And the way that he handles, the way that he handles, um, like, just being up front and, you know, not lying or not being fake, uh, you know, other people don't necessarily like it. So, those are some. So, the the first, I'm introducing the first two players. Um, our next player is Zach. He's just, he's a graphic designer. I don't know much about him <clears throat> other than that. Um, he, 
him and so Zach and uh, Mike, who's a painting contractor, are two dudes who just don't. I don't know. Other than than them being in one of the first alliances in the in the show, I don't think there's anything else or anything more to them, right? Um, like there are some things that you learn about them later when I go over main events of the show, but for the most part, all I know about them is that they you know they they were part of a of the first alliance that was ever formed on the show uh and and i i don't i don't really care for either one of them because i don't feel like there was enough of i don't know i don't feel like i learned enough about them to to care much another player we have is jamika she's a school counselor um she's also the only black person in the house if that tells you anything um, it makes it kind of makes the dynamics a bit different, and this is a general statement from me. But so far, um, I started on season five, and so far, you you will only you'll only have one black person in the house, and you know that's what I've been seeing. And I don't know if I'm hoping that it will change as as I keep watching. Um, the next seasons, but having only one p- black person in the house, really, it's a weird dynamic to have, um, but so far, what I know about Jamika is that she's very religious, um, and gets along with Kale because of it, because Kale is also someone who's very religious in this show, and Jamika, uh, when she's playing this game and when she's playing competitions, she's playing with her religious beliefs on the forefront. And she opt- like she often invokes God's will in the process. Okay, so a lot of the a lot of her decision making, um, and a lot of the things that she says and, and does, she's doing it based off of like her moral code based on her religion. And so that's how she's playing. And I and that is what she expresses. Um, and she clashes with Dick, who's an atheist. She clashes with him because of this. Now, J- Jamika and, and Dick are themselves in an alliance. I'm going to go over alliances pretty soon once I go over everyone. But So they, they clash over certain decisions um, because she's playing... It's her religion on the forefront. Um, Eric, he's a talent management assistant. He was chosen to be America's player. This is another twist in the game this season. Um, America's player um, is basically someone who is playing um as a like he's the stand-in for the american audience so this means that he just evicts whoever the viewers the viewers tell him to evict he does challenges from viewers he tries to persuade the head of the household to nominate certain people and again these are all suggestions from the audience so a lot of what eric does um he has to always follow with what the viewers tell him to do 
And sometimes that is what viewers want him to do in terms of like evicting someone or convincing someone to nominate someone. Like sometimes um, they align, like America's choices align with his and other times it doesn't. And so it is sort of like a crutch for him when he's playing the game. Um, So this man, though, had watched all previous seasons of Big Brother as a way of preparing for this show. But he didn't know that he would end up being America's player. So um, it kind of fucked up his gameplay. (laughs) I wonder if if the show was already considering like creating America's player before they even knew about Eric or if they they knew about Eric and were like this man is too prepared for this show and we don't want him to be an easy winner we're gonna make it hard harder on him and we're just gonna make him America's player so that he has a crutch I'm not really sure if that's how it went about But he's America's player. He's not supposed to be found out. And so no one is aware that he's doing this. Um, The last thing about Eric is that he has nipple piercings. This man has nipple piercings. And you'll see it on the show. Um, And that's it. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've seen a dude with nipple piercings. And anyways, you'll see that in this show so far. I, I like Dick and Danielle uh, so far. Um, like I said, Dick can be a dick sometimes. Nothing to say about Zach. Jamika. Jamika seems cool, but the recent revelation of her being super religious isn't really. It's not something that I can relate to, and so I don't necessarily want to see her win. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to. I don't know. Eric, I don't care for him winning either. I I don't know. He's America's player. I don't I just don't know if I want him to win. Um like I, yeah. Uh okay, so then we have Jessica and Carol. These are two other uh rivals, I guess. Their beef their their beef is really dumb. Um they're just high school rivals. Um, and by the way, these are both college students at the time. So their beef is just that they didn't like each other in high school. And this is all because they just weren't friends because of like five bucks. Something related to five bucks. And I didn't feel like it was that important for me to look up the exact exact reasoning behind the five dollars but it just seemed like a very petty past beef that there was no reason to i don't know just like it's not that big of a of an issue and anyways they're both college students i i just didn't feel like i i don't necessarily like jessica that much she seems very shallow and carol i, I just felt like i didn't know much about her either for me to care um so that's mostly what I have to say about them. Our next one is Amber. Amber's a waitress. Um, she she's cool at times. Uh, there I think there are times where I don't necessarily. I don't know. I think there are times where I don't necessarily like 
liker. Uh, and she happens to be a more sensitive player than others, and she cries even when things happen and, and are unrelated to her. So, an example of this is when uh, she realized she may have to vote against Dick or Danielle, which are two people that she claims she really likes. So the idea of having to vote against either one of them made her feel very, very upset. And she started crying a lot over it. And I just, I don't know. Like, it's not that she cries and it's not that she is sensitive. It's just that she cries way more than the people who are definitely more affected by these things than her. Like, when they themselves aren't even, like, that upset about it, but she is, it makes it a bit annoying. So, yeah, I mean, again, I don't even, I don't care that she cries or anything like that. It's just that it can get annoying when she's crying when she's crying about things that, like, I don't even know how to explain it. She's crying more than than expected, I guess. How sucky it is that I don't have my ice cream. And just crying really hard about it. And meanwhile, I'm there, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm upset about the ice cream falling, but, you know, I'm not too upset it's okay and then she's just like bawling because you know what i mean that's what i'm saying um so i mean i don't i don't actually care if she wins or loses i'm very <clears throat> okay either way um jen jen is a nanny uh she's definitely someone that i don't necessarily want to see win <laughs> um and the reason is because She's very preoccupied with her appearance, and she usually thinks she looks bad in pictures. Um, An example of this was when she started crying because there's a wall with pictures of all house guests, and she thought she looked bad in the picture. She also proceeded to take down, um, later on you'll find out that she wins head of household, and when when you win the head of household, you get your own room, and the room that you get is personalized for you. So it's styled and personalized just for you for, for that time being. And so you have your own room. You get, I think you get notes from home, sometimes pictures from home. <clears throat> so when Jen wins head, head of household, she gets her own room. And then there's like pictures that her family members, her mom sent for her to have and there's a picture of her with her mom she looks at it and she says i look so bad in this picture and she takes the picture of her and her mom down so that she doesn't look at it um definitely like i know this stems from insecurity and that she herself needs to work out some of these things but bro (laughs) that's all she talks about a lot of the times is like how she looks um makeup Making sure she looks good in the pictures. Um, it, it's an annoying thing. She also does some really bad things. Or not really bad, but she also does some not so good things in the game. Uh, but you'll find out later. Uh, so Justin and Joe. These are other 
the other, I think this is the last pair that they have their issues. Um, so Dustin and Joe are exes. Um, Dustin is a shoe salesman. Joe's a receptionist. Um, so their exes didn't really end in good terms at all. Joe claimed that Dustin gave him chlamydia while in a relationship. Um, and then he stated that, that that after they broke up, he tried to turn every friend of theirs against Dustin. And <laughs> we meet Joe, by the way, we meet Joe before we meet Dustin. So, I mean, when you hear that, I mean, I thought, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, if your ex gave you chlamydia and it, then it sounds like he was cheating on you. And I guess if you wanted, I mean, of course, like your, all your friends will take your side because it seems like you did a, a shitty thing. So originally I was on Joe's side, but then throughout the show, the person that seems nicer is actually Dustin. And Joe seems like a fucking asshole. So it makes it hard for you to actually believe that Dustin would do that. And anyways, you later you later find out that actually Joe was the one cheating on Dustin because he because they they interview they interview this dude who knows who knew Joe and I think was sleeping with Joe. And the guy was like yeah, well, I mean, Joe was cheating and he most likely developed the SDI by his own doing. And so so Dustin never did that and Joe just lied about it the whole fucking time. So don't really give a shit about Joe. Dustin seems like a nice dude. There was a point in the show where uh, there's a competition, there's like a power veto competition in which... Um, like Dustin was participating in and I think everyone was trying most people were working together to make sure that neither I think neither Jen or Kale <coughs> who were not who were both nominated for eviction at the time like I think everyone was working together in the house to make sure that they didn't get the power veto so basically in this competition in this power veto competition the the person who won the power veto is the person that had the most points. So you rack up points every time you answer a a question right. So as you're playing, like the whole point is, all right, make sure that these two people do not get the power veto. And everyone's working together. <laughs> well, at some point, the opportunity is given for you to use some of your points to uh to win a certain thing and so there was a chance for someone to use your points or like a certain amount of points to win a trip to Barbados uh for two people and then there was another instance in which uh you could use your points to win five thousand dollars so at the end of the show even if you don't make it to even if you don't make it and win the game, like you still leave with something, that being like your $5,000 and your trip. So anyways, every other person that, you know, everyone's working together and every other person decided, okay, 
definitely we're not you know not going to use uh, my points for those things because we're really working together here to try to make sure these two people don't win the power veto and <laughs> Dustin he just he used the points to get both the five thousand uh, dollar reward and the trip to Barbados and when he did that uh like his whole alliance really annoyed with him and really disliked that, that he did that and um which is understandable when you're playing this game is understandable but at the same time i was watching it and i just felt like they were being too hard on him it's like look i'm sorry but why wouldn't you choose to get those things you know what i mean but anyways, I like Dustin for the most part. Um, Kale, Kale is the person that you heard at the beginning of this episode. She's the one who said those homophobic things, by the way. I don't like Kale. She's homophobic. <laughs> That's it. She does not understand gay people. I mean, she tries, she tries to be nice for the most part. But, I mean, she doesn't care for gay people. And she'd rather they not exist, really. There's no other way behind it. Or, sorry, there's no other way around it, right? Like, even after you talking to someone who's gay and seeing their humanity and stuff like that, you still are like, yeah, but I still believe that that what they're doing is an abomination. Or I know she didn't really say those words, but still, it's just, she, it doesn't matter. I don't really like Kale. Also, Kale's a business owner already, so she has money. She's successful. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like she needs to be in this game when, she, when there's people in here who actually need the money. Um, and I'm actually, I don't think people know that about her, that she is well off for the most part. Um, and yeah, and she wanted <laughs> at the first, in the first episode, when you're introduced to Kale, one of the things that she does is that she she says that she wants to bring the Bible to the house. So as she's packing to come to the Big Brother house, she she states that she wants to bring the Bible. So I mean, I don't I don't like Kale. I, I rather I rather she just <clears throat> not be in the game. Uh, Mike, I think I just mentioned Mike. There's nothing there. He's just a painting contractor. I don't know much about him. I think I mentioned that already. And then <clears throat> our last one, Nick. Nick is unemployed. That's that's what that's what the <clears throat> that's the description that shows up. Um whenever you're watching the show. He's unemployed. Um his strategy his strategy was to flirt um with as most people as possible. Uh, but in the process, he started to like Danielle, uh, who, again, happens to be in a relationship outside of the house. And he claimed to have real feelings for her, and he definitely did. I don't, he was not lying about it. <clears throat> Nick is very secure in his sexuality and is not afraid to say or do things that other guys in the house would consider to be gay, quote-unquote. And he has stated that he's straight, but that he isn't homophobic. So I don't know. I I like I like Nick. I think he's a nice person. Um, just based on what I saw so far in the episodes, he 
he really is very comfortable with himself. He doesn't really try to, he, he's not, a, he doesn't seem like a homophobic guy. Um, I think there's like, there's an episode where you see Joe, who is gay, is sitting like next to Nick and has his, uh, Joe has like his legs on top of Nick's legs or whatever. And they're just talking and Nick does not seem uncomfortable with that at all. And he doesn't, I don't know. He's just, he's not, he's just not like, even though he, you would look at him and you'd think that he'd be stereotypical jock who's homophobic and all that he's he's not like he's very comfortable he talks to him uh throughout the show he he even claims you know he says that joe's a cool person to talk to and he considers him to be a friend so i mean it's just like a, a breath of fresh air to see um just to see that yeah he's he's a nice guy i mean there are times where like nick <laughs> is sort of like an asshole um at least with Jen, he was an asshole. But other than that, he was... He's a cool dude. Um, Alright, so main events of this. So far, um, I think I've covered... Yeah. The, the episodes that we're covering in this episode are going to be episodes 1 through 11. We're going to go over the, the main events so far that have transpired. The first thing that happened was that Kale won head of household. She was the first one to win head of household. Um, when she wins head of household, she quickly forms an alliance with Mike, Zach, and Nick. Um, she purposely chooses her alliance to be with all the dudes. Um, and her strategy is to have that, like, her and those three dudes be the last, like, the final four. Um, and so that's basically the plan that she had set out for herself. Um, the Alliance agrees to nominate Carolyn Amber for eviction. Um, <clears throat> their reasoning here was, at least for Kale, their reasoning was, let's just nominate the two people that did really bad on the competition. Um, because it's kind of hard to nominate people on the, the first round because you don't really know them that well. So, I mean, that's kind of, that was her, that was her reasoning for that. What ends up happening, though, is that Danielle wins power veto. Um, and, you know, around this time, people were actually becoming annoyed with Jen. And they were hoping Danielle would use the power veto so that it would open up a space for Jen to be nominated instead and replacing whoever is saved from the from eviction even though that's the case even though daniel knows this um she decides not to use the power, power veto and she decides to keep the nominations the same so what ends up happening is that carol is evicted carol becomes the first person to be evicted um and is gone I mean, in this first sequence of events, none of this, to me, seems uh, that important or things that I cared about. This is very early in the game. I don't know Carol well. Um, she ends up leaving. Um, and then people just sort of move on. After that happens, Jen wins head of household. Now, that was, <laughs> that was, that was a pain because 
by this point, people really did not like Jen. They were pretty fed up with her. Again, mostly because she was coming off as self-centered and shallow. Um, Also because she kept talking about herself constantly. And so people were getting really fed up with her. um, And they were kind of hoping that she could have been the first one to be evicted. Um, And this situation, though, she wins head of household. They can't really do much. Regardless of that, though, people are so fed up that eventually Dick decides to tell her that she's annoying. And he he says that in front of a, a lot of people. A lot of people hear it. Um, he also tells her that he doesn't like her because she keeps talking about herself. And he's very harsh with his approach. Um, so, of course, of course... Jen decides to nominate Dick for eviction because the he yelled at her in front of everyone. She would obviously want him out. Um, so she nominates him, but she also nom- nominates Danielle. So she claims that both of these people bring a lot of negative energy, and that's why she chose them. She says that people pretty annoyed with them um they feel negative vibes from their estranged relationship people feel awkward and truth of the matter is none of that is actually how people are feeling about that about daniel or nick sorry daniel and dick (laughs) um if anything i mean i guess i could see some people being annoyed with dick um like kale kale for instance But other than that, most people don't really share those sentiments with Jen. They want to see her go, honestly. Um, And most people don't really seem to have a problem with either Danielle or Dick. So, so obviously, um, you know, it was something that she did because she felt like these are just two people that I don't like. We know why she doesn't like Dick. Why she doesn't like Danielle, though, is because... Jen was starting to have a crush on Nick. However, Nick was really just starting the game off by flirting with everyone. And uh, so, I mean, he was flirting with everyone and he wasn't... He wasn't really... (coughs) I think... I think most girls knew he was, like, playing around. I think. I'm not really sure. But essentially what ended up happening was that Jen realized that Nick was um, talking to Danielle. And she felt like he was talking to her more. Which is true because Nick ended up liking Danielle more. Um, So when Jen saw that she was jealous of Nick... Spending that time with Danielle, she it was sort of like a like a love, love triangle situation where Danielle likes Nick, Nick likes Danielle, a Jen wished Nick would like Jen, and so she just she just nominated Danielle because she wanted to get rid of her, um, and so that's basically what that those nominations were about. Um, obviously, Jen wants wanted to keep the nominations the same. So her strategy ended up being threatening people. 
before the power veto competition. This is what I was trying to say about her not doing doing something nice in the game. It's because instead of her having actual conversations with people and strategizing and being like, hey, I really want to keep the nomination nominations the same. This is what I can do for you. Here's how I can help you out, etc. But instead of doing that, she just threatens people to do as she says or um, she will nominate them or nominate someone close to them. So something that ends up happening is that she goes and talks to Amber. Amber's loyalties lie with Dick and Danielle. So she talks to Amber and threatens to um, to nominate someone close to Amber if Amber decides to throw the game so that Dick or Daniel wins the power veto. So Jen goes in and says, you know, I'm going to put up Dustin, who I know that you're close to, if I find out that you threw this game so that Dick or Daniel would win the power veto. And she ends up threatening this more than just once. She threatens this again to somebody else. I don't remember who it was. But she threatens somebody else similarly. It doesn't end up mattering because um, Daniel wins the power veto. And then she takes herself off the nomination block. This leaves Jen to nominate Joe for eviction. Um, And this was a suggestion most house guests were advising um, Jen to do. Including Eric, who is a stand-in for the audience. So most people were telling Jen, you know, if one of the if one of the nominees wins power veto, you could replace either one of them with Joe. And most people wanted that. So um, what ended up happening was that Jen did that. Um, and Joe being against Dick, um, what ended up happening was that before voting, Kale was campaigning against Dick since she wants wanted him to be gone. And so she lies to Dick about being safe and tells others to vote him out. Uh, But Dick finds out and calls her out in front of multiple people. Just typical Dick move that he does where he just confronts people and let, you know, airs it all out for people to see. And um, you'd think that, you know, these like Dick confronting people in front of others and, you know, et cetera would have him be voted out. But actually what ended up happening is that Joe was voted out of the house. So that kind of sucks for Kale because Dick then becomes head of household. So in an attempt to smooth things over with Dick, Kale tries to save herself from being nominated for eviction. She tries to persuade Dick not to nominate her and she ends up outing her alliance in the process. So her, her alliance is her... Nick, Zach, and Mike. So she essentially throws her lines under the bus in the hopes that she comes out unscathed. Um, Dick already doesn't like Kale, and her like being disloyal to her lines in this way causes him to lose respect towards her. So even though she was trying to smooth things over, it just ended up backfiring. So Dick nominates Jen and Kale for eviction. Um... Jen, however, ends up winning the the power veto. She removes herself from the block 
Instead, Mike is put up and uh, becomes a nominee, and he eventually gets voted out of the house. Very simple. All the whole strategy, um, <clears throat> the whole strategy is to take out at least for Dick. The whole strategy is to take out that four-person alliance that was developed at the beginning of the of the competition, and so. That's essentially what's going down. Um, so after this, Dustin becomes a head of household. This is the last. Um, this is the last round we will touch on. Uh, I think that's where I ended the episode, having gone further. But this is this this is the last round we will cover is Dust, Dustin becoming um, head of household. So. When Dustin nominate, uh, when he becomes head of household, Dustin nominates the same people as the previous week, which is Jen and Kale. So we have the main four people alliance. I don't really know what their name is, but we we know that we have Kale, Nick, uh, Zach, and Mike. It's the four person alliance that that was at the beginning that started at the beginning of the show. Everybody else, um. Apart from those four, and Jen, who people don't like, are in a alliance, and it's called the Late Night Crew Alliance. So Dustin is part of that alliance. Okay, so the people on the Late Night Crew Alliance. So let me see if I can go over. But the people in that are Dick and Danielle, Jamika, Eric, Jessica. Amber and, and Dustin. Those are the people in the late night crew alliance. And so they're all working together to either get Jen out or Kale and her alliance. So, um, you know, when Dustin became HOH, it was just, you know, it was, it was just another win for the late night crew. Um, and so they kind of met together and all of them decided to have Jen and Kale be nominated again. That was sort of the plan to make sure they try to get either one of them out. So in some power veto games, um, names are drawn randomly when it comes to who will play. Um, so Jamika ends up drawing Jen's name. And because Jamika draws Jen's name, uh, she vows to transfer the power veto to Jen should she win it. And this would save... Uh, Jen from elimination. Um, again, this this is this is where Jamika's uh, religious beliefs come into play. She decides to play against her alliance's best interest, and what she decides to do is, when she wins the power veto, instead of keeping the nominations the same, which is what her alliance wants her to do keeping Jen and Kill as the nominees, she decides that because she drew Jen's name, that it is some somehow a sign that she should try to keep her in the competition. Because she drew, like in the whole Big Brother competition, because she drew her name just for the Power Veto competition. So she vows to save her, and 
again, because she's religious, she doesn't really go back on her word. Which, I mean, props to her not going back on her word. So, she decides to follow through. And so, when she ends up, when Jamika ends up winning the power veto, she, um, she ends up saving Jen. Um, and so, this, what ends up happening is that Nick is dominated, is nominated to take Jen's place. This was another decision that the late night crew alliance had discussed together. So they met up with Dustin. They decided we're going to put Jen and Kale back as nominees. They also talked about the possibility of maybe one of them winning the power of veto. If that happened, who are we going to nominate? They all wanted to nominate Nick. Um, so they were concerned about Nick and his intentions with Danielle, especially because it seemed like he was playing both sides in the competition. Okay, they didn't really know where his uh, loyalties um, lied, essentially. Um, so it's not that people didn't like Nick. It was more of like they didn't really know if his he was playing Danielle or not. And so in the previous... Uh, round they um the decision had been to and even though Danielle didn't want him to go and she was sort of trying to to dissuade the the members in her alliance from choosing Nick um you know that that the majority won there and he he was nominated um, she knew it was going to happen, and she decided to keep that information to herself, um, which was something that Nick did not like, that she sort of knew it didn't tell him. Um, and in, in the end, though, she voted to evict Nick, actually. Um, and I don't know if Nick knows that, that she ended up voting him out, but um, anyways, Nick ended up going home. And, I mean, the last things that he said before he left um, were just kind of words of... They were just words that were expressing his feelings for Danielle. I I didn't really want to see him go. I'd rather it had been uh, Kale again, like these past couple times. Uh, But, you know, he ended up going... I mean, it probably was a fine choice to do logistically... I just think, like, he was a cool person to watch on TV. Um, he ended up going home, and he was and he was being very truthful of where he stood with um, Danielle. So, how, right now, how things sort of are hanging is that um, will people find out that Nick actually uh, voted with the Late Night Crew Alliance's best interest? Um, are they going to find out it was actually Eric who voted against the decision they come up with? Um, like, what's what? What? What's the? How is the rest of the um, season going to go? Like, right? Um, so far, we still have Jen and Kale in the house. They have not left. They're still there, 
And these people have been trying to get them out at this point for two different rounds. They haven't left. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I don't have any predictions. Um, I guess I can say what I hope for. Um, I hope that Dick and Daniel make it somewhat far. I, again, I, I actually want to see, I want to see either, this is kind of hard. I actually, I don't know. Who do I want, the, who do I want to win the competition? I think I'd like to see Amber win, maybe. Um, Danielle would be someone that I, I could see me wanting them to win. Um... I'm not sure if there's anybody else. Maybe Dustin. But I think that might be it for the most part. Who do I want to see gone? Definitely Jen and Kale need to be gone. And I think Jamika and... I'm sorry to say, but Dick... (laughs) Right, I don't know. Not because, uh, again, I I like him, but sometimes I don't like him. So, yeah, I think those would would be people that I I wouldn't mind leaving. And even Zach, because I don't really know much about him. So, those would be my people um, that I I wouldn't mind seeing go. Um... I don't know if I have any predictions as to how this will play out. My, I think what's probably going to happen is that someone's going to figure out that Eric was probably the person that voted uh, against Kale and not against Mike. And I guess once they figure that out, they might try to go after Eric. I think that's probably going to be my prediction. They're probably going to go after Eric. And Jen and Kale will still be somewhat of um, enemies of the house. But I think people are going to forget about them for a while. At least until they... I think they're going to focus a lot on who who actually voted this thing. Since it wasn't Nick, who is it? And I think they're just trying to figure out who it is. And in the, uh, in the moment... That's going to be where, where their energy is going to lie. And I think they're going to forget about Jen and Kale. Um, and so those are my predictions. I think the person that has a lot of power right now is Dick. And the reason is because his agenda is very similar to the rest of the house's agenda. Why is that? I think it's because he is really good about persuading and convincing people that his play and his agenda and the things that wants you know the things that he wants to happen makes sense for the betterment of the whole and so people are very much following him he's in a way he's somewhat of a leader of his alliance and I, I don't think people realize that but I think he is the one in the background calling all the shots people are not realizing that um, so I think right now he might be the most powerful 
I don't necessarily think there's anyone that could take him down other than his own daughter, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I don't know if anybody else has good enough gameplay to take him down other than his daughter. That is, Those are my predictions so far. Um, I'm obviously, le- I'm obviously biased and I am leaning towards the late night crews, uh, like their, their, uh, strategy. And again, it's only because I just did not like Kale or, or Jen. So it just doesn't help, but that's kind of where I'm at. There might be some redemption qualities to them that I could find out about later but as of now they're not really people that I care for entirely so um that's very much it I just sort of recapped uh where we're at with the episodes I introduced the players to you the best that I could as of now um I'll go over the people that are no longer with us and have been eliminated and that would be Carol who was first uh, she was in, um, eliminated first. Um, Carol being Jessica's uh, rival. Um, she's gone. Um, then the next person that was evicted was Joe, who happened to be Dustin's ex. Um, so Joe was eliminated, um, and Dustin doesn't have to deal with him or his fucking lies thank god so mike was eliminated i have not much to say about him um other than it just it was unfortunate Uh, he just happened to be in that alliance he wanted to prove his loyalty to kale to the end that backfired on him and he ended up being uh evicted so he's gone and then nick was evicted after that and he, I would say he was un- unfairly evicted, maybe, because it seemed like, for the most part, he was evicted under the impression that he had voted against Kale, when in reality, he voted against Mike, which is what the Late Night Crew Alliance wanted him to do. Um, and so, if they voted with that under that impression, then they voted him out unfairly. Now, if, the, if they wanted him to be voted out because he could potentially not be trusted since he had loyalties with Kale and Zach and Mike and also loyalties with Danielle, then that, that, would, be, that, that would be an issue. You couldn't fully trust him, so that's understandable why you would vote him out for that. Um, but he's gone. And so as of now, I mean, that alliance is essentially destroyed um, because you only have Kale and Zach left. Um, Kale has decided to align herself with Jen, um, I guess because they both have been nominated multiple times together. She's also has aligned herself with Jamika, again, because they share the same religion. I, I will watch out for Kale because she is close to Jamika. And Jamika's obviously throwing shit. Like she's just making decisions based on her religion. I mean, she voted, she literally saved Jen. I think well, the late night crew alliance might split up soon. 
and they will go after Jamika for saving Jen. They'll go after Eric if they find out that he was the one that voted against Kale. I guess that's it, yeah. I think those are the two people right now. Um, who they probably will be going after. So, anyways, it's sort of like what we have left. Um, the next episodes that I will touch on will, prob- will probably be episodes 12 through 23. Um, and then the last couple episodes um, would be episodes 24 to 33. So this would be a three-part series. Um, and that's it for now. I mean, I hope you enjoyed my big-ass recap of the, the, the first third of Big Brother Season 8. I hope you enjoyed some of the commentary, some of the stuff that I kind of liked talking about. And um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be linking these in the episode description, so make sure you look at that. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and or subscribe to the podcast. Um, lastly, please stay safe and tell Biden to give us a reason as to why we should vote for him. Uh, because things aren't going well. And uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to think that voting for him isn't really in my best interest. So um, that's it for today, and I hope to catch you all soon.